0: And a hearty welcome to one and all. This is episode 97 of the Confessions of a Not So Dangerous Mind podcast. I'd like to thank you all for joining me on a rainy Friday here in New York. If you're catching up with this episode on the YouTube channel, haven't done so already, click like, subscribe, comment, turn on those notifications. Or if you're listening to this episode on one of the audio platforms such as Spotify or iTunes, same general rule applies. Click like, subscribe turn on those notifications. So I feel like some of the recent episodes have been pretty heavy with retrospectives and remembrances of some greats who passed either recently or celebrating birthdays in the memoriam. So I certainly wanted to make today's episode a little lighter. And I'm someone who enjoys uh, certainly seeing the success of other people, other YouTubers, far more experienced. More followers than me. People who've been doing this for so long and consistently churning out fantastic content. What I aspire to do as well. And um, I enjoy watching people react to classic movies. It's such a weird concept. And if somebody had told me this a number of years ago, I'd say, it's a fucking stupid idea. That who cares? But in the right hands, for someone like me, who is a cineast, a film geek particularly from the beginning of the silent period through the 1990s. Watching a neophyte react to a favorite movie, it's a lot of fun. Maybe for other people it would be boring as shit, but for me it's a lot of fun. And so one of my favorite movie reactors, the account is called Popcorn in Bed, and it's a woman, she's a mom, she lives near New York, but I don't think she lives in New York. Her name is Cassie, she's great, she grew up with apparently a father who was a star trek fanatic but she never watched any star trek so she recently caught up on all the star treks anyway her channel is incredible she has like 400 subscribers she has patreons she's making money hand over this i mean tom Cruise and chris macquarie filmmaker of mission impossible the last bunch of movies they invited her to the premiere of dead reckoning part one because they were such huge fans of her. so she reacted to a movie that was one of my father's favorite films, certainly in his top 10. And it's Ivan Reitman's 1993 Frank Capra-esque comedy, Dave. And watching her reaction of a movie I haven't seen in probably at least eight or nine years um, reminded me of just how underappreciated Kevin Klein's performance is in that film. It's a movie that's very well-remembered by Gen Xers, um, young boomers, even just general boomers, and elder millennials. It is considered one of the better comedies of that decade. It came out the same year, a few months after Groundhog Day. Honestly, Dave, to me, is so good, it's almost as good as Groundhog Day. That's really saying something, because Groundhog Day is absolute all-time. But for me, in different ways, so is Dave. And because the movie works so well, and the supporting cast from Frank Langella, Sigourney Weaver, Kevin Dunn, even Laura Linney in a small role, the supporting cast is so good, it's easy to overlook the guy at the center, Kevin Kline, who pulls off a marvelous dual role, and he does it so effortless. And Kline was somebody who... He had won an Oscar for A Fishbowl Wanda, a movie I'm supposed to like more than I do. I never really warmed to it. I just thought Klein's character was just, just such an asshole. It, it threw the movie completely out of whack. But there was always talk coming up through the 80s, Klein was an enormous talent, great at comedy, great at drama, that he was—he could do anything. And I feel like even though he won the Oscar for A Wanda, and people love that performance. It's like a screwball film, if that's a thing. What he does in Dave is something far more impressive to me. With very little time for one of the characters, he manages to make President of the United States, William Harrison Mitchell, Bill Mitchell, he makes him a real person in about two scenes. We get enough to realize who this guy is. This was someone who was probably once idealistic, clearly brilliant and now just doesn't give a shit, and he's corrupt as the day is long. The main character who Klein plays for 95% of the movie is just a regular guy named Dave. And Dave, not surprisingly, is a dead ringer for the President of the United States. And this is some kind of a silly thing that has happened where Presidents will occasionally have someone who looks like them for events where they're not going to be that close to the press or to cameras. It wouldn't work now when people have a camera in their face 100% of the time. So he is asked by the Secret Service to just wave to the cameras attempt for the president. Don't do anything which might arouse suspicion because everyone will agree. He really looks like him. This is not just a random look-alike. He looks exactly like he could be his twin brother which is part of the joke, because obviously we know it's the same actor playing both roles. Well, if that's just what the story was, it wouldn't be much of a movie. So after we establish Dave Kovic and President Bill Mitchell, President Bill Mitchell is sidelined. He has a a medical issue. And not just the Secret Service, but the White House Chief of Staff and his assistant they might both be cheese instead. Um, played wonderfully by Frank Langella, who usually played heavies, and he more or less plays a heavy ear. Uh, And Kevin Dunn, who has done good guys and bad guys, is a very talented actor. They play the guys who make the decision. We're not going to tell the vice president what's going on. But the president's been incapacitated. We don't really like him. Uh, they tell Dave, we need you to stay on a little bit longer. Don't do anything stupid. Follow our lead, and luckily for you, there's really not that much of a relationship anymore between President Mitchell and the First Lady. So they have to tell him certain things that he normally would never know. Because for the public's eyes, they have a beautiful marriage. The First Lady, she does charitable work, he supports it, and all of this kind of shit. But in reality, they hate each other's guts. But specifically, she hates the President's guts. So the hope is Dave is going to be able to the few times that he might have to share space with the First Lady, bluff his way through. And that, basically, he looks enough like him, she's not going to be able to tell the difference, because they haven't been close in years. So from this comedic presence, uh, premise, the story takes place where a CPA, an accountant, Dave, is the President of the United States. And he can't tell anybody what he's doing, except one friend fellow account played by Charles Groton, who was just a fantastic actor, particularly in comedies. He did some dramas, um, but when he has a chance to do that slow burn he was famous for, and that pause. Groton is in two scenes, maybe three, and every minute with him is a treasure. And it's, it's why he was beloved, even though many boomers and Gen Xers just remember him. Oh, he was dead, and they told him. They don't remember that he teamed with Robert De Niro in what I believe is the single best buddy comedy, buddy movie, period, ever made, Midnight Run. That's a movie that's 36 years old. The average person under 40 do not really know that movie. They would have had to seek it out. When I was a kid, they, they ran it on HBO and Cinemax. It seemed like it was on every day between those two channels. But Klein, as Dave, we follow him through this, this journey and when he first starts pretending to be president, he's taking direction. He's a, he allows himself to be manipulated and maneuvered, more so by Frank Langella as Bob Alexander, the White House chief of staff. And he's a guy who was a, a, a serious player in Hollywood. He had been a senator, he was on various commissions. You know, He's a heavy hitter, but he's a piece of shit. He's a terrible guy. And he is, lets himself be monkeyed around with but then his decisions start having real world repercussions. And he finds that he can't play ball anymore. And it's so subtle and brilliant the way he gently starts to gradually assert himself in the quietest of ways. It's the sort of thing where if you do it all at once, they're probably gonna have his head cut. Certainly Frank Mangello's character would do it without hesitation. But the way that he gradually starts to fulfill the role as if he really isn't present is part of the beauty of how well-constructed this film is. And how there is a certain point in the movie where we realize it's not a question of they can't control him anymore. It's a question of what are they supposed to do? They can't just remove him. Their whole house of cards depends upon him fulfilling his duties as president, since the actual president is incapacitated. You know, we have to produce a body. They have to produce a president. So he finally pisses off Langella. You said, well, what the hell can they do now? How are they going to get out of this pickle? And what are they going to do with the First Lady? So of course, a major thing in the movie is, is she going to find out? What is she going to do when she finds out? And how is all of this? Going to turn, and you see whatever hatred that the president, the president's wife, Ellen Mitchell, first lady, had for Bill Mitchell, she still loved, him, even though he was he was a snake, really, he was just a bunch of shitty husband, and had humiliated her repeatedly, and continued to do so. But you see that she still cares. There's a part of her that cares, and a part of her that is still attracted to him, which is actually not him. It's this guy who, you might say, embodies the qualities of the man that she fell in with. And when she finds out that this is not my husband, this is not Bill Mitchell, this is some random accountant that lives a couple of miles from the White House, none of that side of the story progresses the way you expect it to see so the film is formulaic it has the frank capra mr smith goes to washington kind of thing going where you have one guy trying to do good for the people and being beaten down by those who don't give shit they're only interested in lining their own pockets and one of the ironies is that's what bill mitchell was doing as president he was getting rich Sir Ben Kingsley, shows up late in the film. His character, he's the vice president, is teased throughout the movie. And it's the sort of thing where Ivan Reitman knew he needed an actor of stature to play somebody who's going to show up late in the movie and be critical to the unfolding of the third act. And when Kingsley does show up, and we realize, okay, they're going to try to destroy this guy, Kingsley's line readings are amazing. He almost takes over the, takes over the movie just by how strong he, he registers, or how strongly he registers. And he has a couple of scenes with who he thinks is the president, but who is, in reality, an accountant pretending to be president. But in those scenes, we realize that these two guys, although they've worked together for years, they don't really know. Because when kept client as Dave, a.k.a. President Mitchell, when he asked Ben Kingsley, Mr. Vice President, how did you how did you get into politics in the first place? The look on Ben Kingsley's face is not one of, what the fuck is this guy asking? He knows this. It's a look of surprise that, wow, he's actually interested where I'm having a conversation with this guy. Because we're led to believe that there, there's been some contentiousness between these guys, even as President and Vice President. And when Dave explains his starting politics, which should be Bill Mitchell's start in politics, the vice president doesn't know any of this. So the story develops, and it puts the characters in what appears to be impossible fix, where you say to yourself, how could this, in what way could this be resolved, amicably, neatly, or in any way? that everyone's not going to end up going to jail. And I remember seeing the movie for the first time. And no spoilers. But an event takes place while Kevin Kline, as Dave, is giving a speech in front of Congress. And this is the sort of thing that probably would have gotten coverage as if it was a state of the union. Again, no spoilers, but given the stakes of what's being discussed in the movie at this particular juncture. And something happens. Where I remember the audience gasping. And then all of a sudden, he said, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. This has to be, this has to be part, of the, part of the narrative here, part of the act, part of the con of Dave Kovic. He is not really the President of the United States. He's literally playing one on the TV. So, through all of the contortions of plot, Kevin Klein as Dave nails every scene. He doesn't take any scenes off. He has some great moments with Bing Rames, who plays the head uh, Secret Service agent responsible for protection of him. Kind of like what later in the year Clint Eastwood was on protection detail for the president. Now, that was a film that was a political thriller about John Malkovich's former government uh, assassin deciding he wants to bump off the president. Bing Rames plays a variation on that character, only he's assigned specifically to this president. Bill Mitchell, and now Dave. Even in the quiet moments that Dave shares with Ming's character, you see the gears turn. And Klein plays the decency of Dave Kobe, a guy who never could have succeeded in politics. He's, he's too nice. He's too nice. He's too wholesome. It's not the way politics works. Right? You know this. We've seen it for decades. Well, people might have seen it for decades. The movie has a hopefulness to it, a gentleness of spirit, more so even than Mr. Smith Goes to Washington and some of the other Frank Capri films in that, in that ballpark. Because Mr. Smith to Washington paints a pretty bleak picture of what Washington does to idealistic young people. And again, the kind of, it's not really tragedy, but the sad part, based on what we know of Ellen Mitchell, first lady, is that Bill Mitchell was once young and idealistic. He wasn't always the way that we see him at the beginning of the movie. He was somewhat like Dave Covey as he takes over and begins to assume responsibilities and the power of the office. And the movie wraps up the only way that it can, but as you're watching it, you're not necessarily thinking, oh, well, I know exactly how this movie is you really don't you have no way of knowing that how it's going to wrap up because there's so many different plot threads that are doing this while, while plot thread while the main plot is here there's other stuff going like that and they manage to pull it together and wrap it up beautifully there's a little bit of sadness of course but it's still triumphant and unlike Mr. Smith goes to Washington there is a real sense of in this instance, the good guys win. A good guy wins, but in a very subtle way, not in a broad, splashy way. Not in a this senator outlasted the entire chamber, but in a way of it's like the the um, the poster for the movie. One of the posters said that this is Dave. When he was given a chance to make things better, he did, and that is exactly. The point of the movie. It's Pollyanna-ish, like pie in the sky type of stuff, but it works. And they, um, the filmmakers, you know, Ivan Reitman, they were able to get a lot of real life senators and television personalities to play themselves, like Jay Leno has a, a couple of funny moments, and um, <laughs> John McLaughlin, who had that famous Saturday, I think it was a Saturday morning show with himself, angrily argue politics you know 35 years ago mclaughlin um, group what's going on with president? Trump? like that it adds to the verisimilitude of the real the realism of the story even as we are presented this kind of comedic narrative kevin klein he gets the laughs and ivan Reitman even finds time for some celebrity cameos which one of them will hit for almost anyone, and the other will be, it unfortunately, is going to get lost to most people who are under 40. So, Arnold Schwarzenegger was the young, man. he was on the President's Council for Physical Fitness. He was actually the chairman of the President's Council for Physical Fitness when uh, George Herbert Walker Bush was president. And Arnold used to make appearances, he would go to schools, just kind of doing what his character does in kindergarten, which is getting young people to be excited and interested in exercising. And not eating the donuts. So Arnold shows up about maybe 45 minutes into the movie, and it's one of the highlights of the film, and we, we forget Ivan Reitman and Arnold worked together a couple of times. They did twins together, you know, with DeVito. They did uh, Junior together. And it's, it's a moment that comes out of nowhere, and it's so good to see Arnold. And that was the Arnold as he was making Last Action period. Phenomenal. But true to form, Arnold is telling the Scooby, don't eat the donuts. You have to eat healthy. The best cameo, though, <laughs> they got Larry King, the late great, if you want to say great, six or seven times married, former uh, journalist, radio broadcaster, and talk show host, Larry King live on CNN, so many years. They got Larry King to do a mock-up of his CNN program. And the filmmaker, who's still around, I love Oliver Stone. Uh, He did Platoon. He did JFK. More recently, he did the World Trade Center film with Nicolas Cage. And he is about conspiracy theories. He is convinced he knows exactly what happened to Kennedy and some other conspiracies. But the genius of this caveat is that we know as the audience, Dave Kovic is not Bill Mitchell. Bill Mitchell is in in a hospital somewhere. Everybody thinks that this guy—they know him as Bill Mitchell. Now the guy had a mild cerebral event. Here he is back in power. There's no conspiracy. And Oliver Stone is on there, and he's barking at Larry King. If you look at images from before when he had his medical his medical emergency and after, I'm telling you, Larry, it's not the same guy. And because this movie, in this one regard, is a product of its time, I saw the film with a packed theater in Woodbury, at what is now the Equinox Gym, just off the 135 Jericho Turnpike, Woodbury, New York, for those of you who know the area. It was a packed house. And when I tell you, everyone in the audience immediately recognized Oliver Stone and was fucking cracking up when he's sitting there talking about it's a conspiracy, this is not Bill Mitchell. It was great. So Dave is a movie that has fun with itself. It tells a compelling story You laugh frequently. The performances are all really top of the line. Frank Langelli absolutely kills it in that role. And he did play a lot of villains in the 90s, even the next year with the same filmmaker, and Arnold in in Junior. He's kind of a villainous character, and famously in the disaster, a box office disaster, Cutthroat Island, by Rennie Harlan in 95. Not a bad movie. I've seen it twice. It's not a bad movie. Lost almost $100 million for the studio. Through it all, we remember Kevin Klein. We remember the smile, the empty smile of President Bill Mitchell, the genuine smile of CPA, all around good guy, Dave Kovic. And that's the takeaway from the film. A great movie, but a phenomenal actor. Yes, an Oscar winner, so can't say he's entirely underrated, but this is, to me, one of the most underrated individual performances that I have ever seen, especially from a guy who was known to be a huge talent. It's in my top five most underrated film performances. Kevin Kline as President Bill Mitchell, NCPA Dave Kovic, who pretends to be President Bill Mitchell, and Ivan Reichman's 1993 classic, Day. And with that, we've reached the end of episode 97 of the Confessions of a Not-So-Dangerous Mind podcast. Thank you all for spending some of your Friday late afternoon, early evening, rainy, here with me. As I said, I kept today lighter. Didn't talk about any unfortunate passings or anything like that. A great movie, an upbeat narrative, all of that. But if you check out this episode on the YouTube channel, enjoy the content and haven't done so already please click like subscribe comment turn on the notifications or if you caught up with this episode on the audio platforms such as Spotify iTunes Amazon Music or iHeartRadio click like subscribe turn on those notifications I'll be back with episode 98 real real soon